You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. Your host is Dr. Jack Lewin, Chief Executive Officer of the American College of Cardiology. After the earthquake in Haiti, everything changed, including its healthcare system. How has an influx of foreign physicians impacted Haiti's healthcare system, and what lessons can the U.S. learn from the proposed public-private partnership solutions in Haiti? Our guest is Dr. James Wolentz, Assistant Professor of Medicine at Albert Einstein College of Medicine and Co-Director of Interventional Cardiovascular Research at Lenox Hill Heart and Vascular Institute of New York. Welcome, Jim. Hey, thank you very much. Jim, the uh, tragic earthquake in Haiti forever changed the country. To give us a bit of background, what was the healthcare system like in Haiti before the earthquake? So you have to envision Haiti, although it's a Western country, as really essentially the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. So the Haitian gross domestic product per person is about $1,000 a year versus the U.S. 40000 The literacy rate in Haiti, 53% versus 99% in the U.S. Life expectancy, 60 versus 79 in the U.S. And maternal mortality, 630 versus 15 per 1,000, which is really pretty astounding. And then when you look at the medical services, there are about, in 2007 survey, 8,500,000 people in Haiti with a ratio of 1 to 12,375 people per doctor. So the access to medical care was really terrible. Some people feel that only 40% of the population really had any access to medical care. And the number of hospitals was also very small, really only 63 hospitals in the whole country, eight in Port-au-Prince, including the one public hospital. Well, you know, you were in Port-au-Prince a month after the earthquake. So after the immediate earthquake victims were taken care of and given all these stunning statistics, why were long lines still there outside the hospital in Port-au-Prince. There were lots of people that came to help, right? So what happened? Absolutely. So what happened was suddenly there are all these international doctors. You can picture a pediatric tent with uh, Swiss doctors. There's uh, Brazilian doctors. There was Jordanians, Israelis, Americans. Everybody was there the word gets out among the population that there's free care by really highly qualified international doctors. Suddenly, every time we would come to the hospital in our little white bus, there's a line at least a quarter of a mile long from the hospital gates out of people coming in for every manner of thing. I mean, there's a tuberculosis tent, there's, you know, general medical, general surgical Lots and lots and lots of infectious disease, basically people who haven't been taken care of for years. So people were coming in with pent-up demand for things that if the system had been better, they would have had taken care of earlier. Precisely. So you'd see, you know, a young kid with a gigantic tumor essentially coming out the abdominal wall that probably had been there for quite a long time, but nobody had looked at it. Things of that sort that you're just not used to seeing. So an enormous amount of uh, humanitarian aid arrives, and you know, which is great that so many physicians from so many places cared enough to be there. But you know, were there downsides to this influx of external aid? Well, the first thing I have to say is that you know, without this aid, huge numbers of people would have died and not been taken care of properly. So 
there is no alternative because there was no system in place that could possibly have dealt with it. And uh, the people who did it should be praised to the skies. That being said, the downside, and this is true not just in the medical sphere, but in any sphere, whether it be agriculture or medicine or, or what have you, the presence of all the foreign workers and money and the sort of lopsided economic weight means that when it goes away, or if it goes away, what's left may have been paralyzed. And I think what has happened, and you know, this is a sort of a personal view, but also uh, it's been reported in various publications, is that a number of the private clinics have either gone out of business or become severely hampered. The possibility of them coming back after the NGOs and everyone else has left is not great. What we're worried about is that that will be left with as a vacuum. Well, looking at cardiology, and as you know, I represent the ACC, the American College of Cardiology was very, very grateful for all of you that were there. But you know, tell us a little about cardiology in Haiti. Are there private practices or people all hospital Well, there were, or? yeah, and there are. There are wonderful cardiologists, a number of whom I worked with. What happens is that people come into the general hospital in Port-au-Prince, which is a public hospital, and they essentially, it's like Civil War medicine. You've got your your stethoscope and your mind and about five different medications that you can give. There's one EKG machine, which is probably circa 1970 and is, in fact, inside of a cage so that no one can steal it. One thing I forgot to mention to you is that the residents had not been paid for about seven months, even before the earthquake. Wow. And so they were not really minded to come to work. So to get just an echocardiogram was not possible. And luckily, I was working with Partners in Health, Paul Farmer's organization, and they were able to supply a sonosite which once we got it up and running, we were able to do echo rounds in the hospital. And we diagnosed many cases of cardiomyopathy and various types of heart failure, which is what their biggest cardiac troubles are. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jack Lewin. Our guest is Dr. Jim Wolens, Assistant Professor of Medicine at Albert Einstein College of Medicine and Co-Director of Interventional Cardiovascular Research at Lenox Hill Heart and Vascular Institute of New York. We're discussing public-private partnerships in healthcare from Haiti to the U.S. from a cardiologist who was there shortly after the disaster. Jim, we have this private practice and public hospital arrangement. Briefly, I'd like to know more about what happens to private practitioners after the influx of foreign physicians and when all those foreign physicians leave. But what was the circumstance when you got there? Is it about half and half, or what, what's the breakdown? All right, breakdown so, so Jack, here's the, here's the reality on the ground. If you're just working in a public setting, some of the numbers are that you make somewhere between 500 and $700 a month. So almost all of these doctors have a second way of, of making money, and this is in some kind of a clinic or a private office outside. And that's cash on the line? That's cash on the line. And even for the patients who are in the public hospital, if something special like an echocardiogram has to be done, often that's cash on the line. And meaning that the patient has to actually get up out of the bed and go to the other place to get the echocardiogram done because there's no facility to do it. So you need the private side to finance the viability of practices, but you need the public side for people that don't have any resources. Precisely. So if we think about the influx of all this incredible help of foreign physicians who came in, 
What's the impact when people leave the country? Is there some way to maintain the private side, or is that going to go away? Well, here's here's the hope, and I will tell you that I saw a lot of the hope. The NGOs that have been there for a long time, and Partners in Health I'll give as one example because it's been in Haiti for 27 years, has a good track record of training Haitian medical people. So I think that the NGOs have a role, if they choose to accept the role, and, and Partners in Health has, of helping the government, Ministry of Health, and the local doctors get together and create a training program and create an infrastructure where none has been before. But, you know, this really is predicated on enough funding and funding Mm -hmm. that can be administered without the sort of specter of corruption, which has been present in the past. So these new public-private partnerships could actually transform the system to a better one there. That's the hope, that there might be a way, for instance, that the checkbook has to be signed by two parties when there's a huge amount of aid given, and that uh, the NGO is one of the parties and the Haitian Ministry of Health is the other party, and in some way of that sort to build a productive partnership to allow a better structure to emerge. You know, I was recently in India where I saw in some of the at a few of the hospitals there, a focused factory approach to just getting better and better and better at various cardiovascular surgical procedures with teams that could, you know, have a bearing on what we should be doing in the United States. Did you see anything there in terms of the public, private sectors or or lessons that might be applicable here in the U.S. in terms of our healthcare situation? From the cardiac side, I couldn't really say a specific thing, but from the general medical side, the concept of having accompaniment that the Partners in Health has sent people out into the communities where there is very little medical care to actually make sure that drugs are being taken for tuberculosis and AIDS. And these types of much lower cost personnel have been extremely helpful in areas like that. Whether this is applicable to our situation, probably only in inner city circumstances. But that's definitely one idea of having these people who are going to be much more connected with the patients than the doctor in the clinic who sees them for just a short period of time. What are the downsides of what you saw happening there in terms of the evolution of the system that maybe should be redirected in some way? The major downside, I would say, is this sort of proliferation of NGOs and not great coordination in some cases between the many, many groups. The problem is that since the Haitian healthcare system was essentially broken, the cobbling together of a system in a vacuum like this was necessary in order to do the job. I think if there were some way to have an overarching administration of it, this would be tremendously helpful. And I think that that is the lesson or a lesson that could be applied here in terms of having public-private partnerships in the United States to try to assure better utilization of resources, less kind of administrative waste in all the different insurance structures, sort of fighting over who gets what and what's approved and what's not approved. If you look at Haiti in terms of where we are now, what's going to be required in terms of foreign physicians being there to kind of move toward a better system? Is there a need for a continued volunteerism to keep this going, or how is it going to work? I think there is need for continued coordinated volunteerism. In other words, if everybody pulled out suddenly, there would be a terrible vacuum and it would not work out well at all. I think the sort of transformation from a freewheeling 
Wild West volunteerism toward a more focused system where people commit certain amounts of time, and especially within a teaching situation, is really what we need to see. Well, who's going to oversee it? I mean, do they have a Ministry of Health? There is a Ministry of Health. The Minister of Health, Alex Larson, is someone who has worked with the NGOs and continues to work with the NGOs, and I think that that type of partnership is really going to be key in getting this accomplished, if it can be accomplished. Of course, we're going through our own health care reform in the United States, and we've had a lot of people that were left out, and we have issues to solve, even in this very wealthy country. Do you think the Affordable Care Act will have positive or negative effects on public-private partnerships here and possible new relationships? What do you see in those regards that might be relevant to your experience in Haiti as we try to deal with some of the rough edges of healthcare in the U.S.? Well, Jack, that's a great question, and of course it's a thorny thicket to walk through. But I will say that the Affordable Health Care Act has been a big, huge first step, but it did not address some of the issues, specifically the concept of having a public option. And one thing which may not be very popular, because I think a lot of doctors fear that by creating a public option, they will be put out of business similar to what's happened to their Haitian colleagues. But if there could be a way to have a pilot program with one of the large regional health care entities in the U.S. to show that this can work, in other words, where doctors who have excellent track records and good metrics can be part of an entity which administers care on the government dollar to people who would be part of this as a pilot insurance program and healthcare delivery program, I think we could prove that we can still make a decent living, administer excellent health care, prove that we're administering health care, because we now have data tools that we never had before. And have a private practice on the side and that helps. still retain the uh, yeah, private practice yeah, structure to yeah. some degree. Well, we, of course, we have some public options called Medicare and Medicaid and right. Indian Health Service and the Champus and the military and so forth. But that's really fascinating because uh, we do need to think public and private in the future. Jim, you know, this has been a very informative and very fascinating interview, and I'm sure that our listeners are grateful to have learned what happened and hear about your experience. We've been talking with Dr. James Willens about public-private partnerships in healthcare from Haiti to the United States. Jim, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you, Jack. That was great. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.